And welcome back to what I like to call from nonsense to God sense, where we take a look at things of this world and we try to make sense of them through uh, biblical uh, applications. You know, uh, how would God look at these things? And so one of the things that uh, we're going to talk about today is when we're off track and when we've got things going on, how do we know we're uh, on the right path? How do we know that we're you know, flying high enough to avoid the obstacles that are going to be in our way? How do we know that we're doing the right thing? And are there things that come up in our life that will give us indicators or warning signs to say, hey, we need to uh, right the ship and get back on our flight path so that we can get back on that straight and narrow? And joining me, as always, is Dan Delzell, author of the uh, author at the Christian Post and also a pastor in the state of Nebraska. Go Cornhuskers. And Dan, thanks for joining us again this week. Oh, thank you for having me back, Son. I sure enjoy uh, visiting with you. Now, one of the things that we touched on last time, and of course it has to deal with uh, some of the sad news that came out a couple weeks ago about Kobe Bryant and the rest of the people on the helicopter that crashed. And one of the the things that came from that was there was called into question, I guess, the altitude of the helicopter flying maybe too yeah. low for the uh, for the environment that it was in as far as the terrain goes. And then, of course, there were yeah. some weather issues. And so that brought up the question is, you know, in our life, are we flying too low? Are there hazards in our way that we aren't aware of, but we're destined to possibly hit, or maybe not destined, but, you know, might possibly hit if we're flying too low? And how can we check ourselves? And so one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting to kind of talk about this was because of the the timely fashion of the topic, but also because, you know, we do. We, need, we do need to self-check and make sure that we are riding, you know, piloting our lives, so to speak, at a level that's going to avoid these hurdles, these obstacles, and things that might uh, make us fall. And so um, I think it's a good topic to kind of hit on on, on this episode. Well, I, I tell you, Son, I, I love your intro, and I love the way that you are uh, framing this uh, interesting topic. And as you say, it does have uh, a powerful analogy, I believe, with what happened to Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven others in that tragic uh, helicopter crash. You know, uh, it just spread worldwide, it seemed, within minutes once, uh, once the news got out that this uh, accident had happened. And then, you know, later on, uh, there were some reports that the air traffic controllers, I guess, were, you know, trying to warn uh, the pilot about uh, the altitude. And, and uh, I guess maybe there's some question about, you know, whether some of those warnings got to the pilot in time or not. But obviously, we know the outcome. We know fog was involved. And the analogy, of course, here that is being uh, looked at today, Son, is that as human beings, and, you know, for those of us who are Christians, certainly as Christians, but really everyone uh, is, is given warning signs uh, that you're flying too low. And we see many examples in the Bible of people who are given warning signs when they were flying too low. And I'm just thankful, Son, that, that our amazing God, that he does, uh, as it were, have, you know, air traffic controllers, so to speak, around us. That is, he, he gives us signals. He gives us signs. He has a variety of ways of, of warning us that we're flying too low. And, and then um, he, wants, he wants to help us uh, get above the danger, uh, to, to go up to a point where we're not going to crash and burn. Because, you know, uh, ultimately God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And so um, the Lord is concerned, of course, for our physical bodies, but even more so for our souls. And so as we talk about this today, yeah, it'll be, it'll be uh, really good to, to think about some of these warning signs 
that God gives both uh, believers uh, as well as unbelievers. The other thing that's kind of timely about this uh, topic is that uh, as of the taping today, it's February 3rd. Tomorrow, February 4th, will be the 31st anniversary of my friend Chris dying in a car crash. And uh, it's hard to believe that's been 31 years. Some days it seems like it was just yesterday. And then other days it seems like, wow, it's been that long. But the, the point is, you never know. We never know when our last breath is going to be taken here on earth. We never know when our last moment is going to be. I know that we've talked about it in the past uh, with uh, the car accident in Nebraska there that killed the four young gals. Uh, yeah. We've talked about Kobe. We've talked about my friend Chris. You know, living in L.A., it doesn't matter if you're in L.A. or if you're in Nebraska. My time in Nebraska, I can't tell you how many times I've nearly hit a deer coming out of nowhere. Or I've actually hit a deer, and I didn't even know it because it was dark, and I hit something. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're in a rural Nebraska town like I was, or if you're in the big city, maybe even like L.A., where traffic and the freeways here are horrendous, and, and you're always risking death when you get on the, uh, the freeways here in L.A. But we never know when the last breath is going to be on Earth. And the question then always is, what happens to us, and are we ready? And yeah. are we ready to go into the afterlife? And, of course, we believe that there's either heaven or there's hell, depending on your uh, decisions that you make and, and, and what you decide to do with your life. And so for today, the, you know, kind of, what are some of the things that might let us know that our altitude is a little bit low and we might be in peril with some of the things that might, we might be doing in our life. And I guess the first thing you got to know or got to check is, you know, are we ignoring what God's standard is? You know, a lot yeah. of times we'd like to, we're in a feel good, feel good world. We want to make our decisions based on our feelings, on a whim, uh, on a spur of the moment, instant gratification, yeah. things like that. And so unlike God's standard, which is written out in the Bible, we have these whims and these feelings that we want to base our decisions on for the moment, instant gratification, but oftentimes that's not the best. So when we ignore God's absolute standard and we base our decisions on these subjective whims and feelings, that could be an indicator that we might be headed for some trouble. Uh, definitely, Son. And, and as you were sharing, what I was thinking about is how there are really um, four indicators that are um, kind of in my, in my thoughts here today as we're talking about this. And one or two of them uh, can really apply uh, as much to unbelievers uh, as, as believers, but then um, at least two or three of them apply to us who, who believe in Christ as Savior. And what, what I think can be helpful in this regard, Son, is to look at the example of um, Adam and Eve's uh, sons, Cain and Abel. And when we look in uh, Genesis 4, um, we, we read there that, um, that Abel uh, kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. And, and so they had some different work they were doing, as, uh, as we all do. You know, we all um, use the gifts that we've been given in different ways, and the Lord provides, you know, many of us with, uh, you know, an income through the work that we do. And Cain and Abel, were, they, were, they were doing their thing. But what we're told here is that uh, Cain brought um, some of the fruits of the soil, uh, so from his work as an offering to the, uh, to the Lord, and Abel brought some fat portions from the uh, firstborn of his So. Um, we're going we're gonna to see a very interesting uh, twist here then right away that's going to happen. And actually, in Hebrews, it explains then what's going on. But we're told that the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Remember, um, they're uh, keeping his flocks. But Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor on. And, and so um, the first uh, warning sign that, that, that God gives, and this is especially and mainly to unbelievers, is that um, God will not give you his favor if you're trying to work for 
uh, acceptance uh, and, and work for God to, to love you and accept you. And the reason we know, Son, that this is what was going on is because um, in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, um, the author of Hebrews, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, kind of fleshes out a bit what was going on there with Cain and Abel. And in Hebrews 11.4, it says, By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man, whom God spoke well of uh, his, uh, when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. And so Abel represents the individual son who's not trying to work his way into heaven. It's interesting that the text in Genesis says that Cain worked the soil. Now, we know Abel was working as well, but, but Abel, we're told, brought a sacrifice. He brought the firstborn of his flock, and right away there we're seeing this, um, this desire that God is going to have in the Old Testament for his people to bring animal uh, sacrifices, that would be uh, representative then of the coming Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world when Christ would suffer and die on the cross. But um, it's very interesting here, the first indicator, I think, that a person can have that they're flying too low, and, and whether they're religious, uh, whether they're, you know, they're not very religious, but if a person is trying to work their way, earn their way into God's acceptance, that would be represented here by Cain. And his offering um, did not uh, find favor with God. Abel's did. And what's interesting in Hebrews, son, and then I'll just um, uh, leave it there for a moment, um, two verses later in Hebrews eleven six is that well-known verse that says, without faith it is impossible to please God. So beginning in Genesis, and then, of course, you know, we, we would learn uh, of Abram and how Abram believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, you know, beginning right there in Genesis, throughout the Bible, and then especially spelled out in the New Testament, um, we are accepted by God uh, because of faith, through faith in Christ, uh, through faith in the Lord, um, not our works. And, and so if anybody listening today, Son, um, would, would, would be of the persuasion that says, you know, I, I think I'm a good enough person to get into heaven, at least I'm trying to be, um, I, I think I can earn my way in, the first indicator that God would want you to see that you're definitely flying too low, because God does not want you to crash and burn, is that you're trying to work for it. You're, you're, you're trying to please God by your deeds. Now, God will be very interested in your works, don't get me wrong, but only after you first come to believe. Because until you believe, God has no interest in your works. They, they, they will never be accepted. They can only be accepted once the sacrifice of Jesus is accepted in your heart and your life, because only then are you righteous in God's eyes by the blood of Jesus, not by your works, and then your works can start to please God. And so Abel was already there, Cain wasn't, um, and so this is the first of really four that I think we could perhaps look at today, Son, of, of indicators that a person is flying too low. Dan Delzell is with us, and one of the things that I kind of find interesting is we've got, I guess, for lack of a better qualification, maybe two types of people. We've got someone that is maybe a believer, and maybe they're living a double life, or maybe they're a, uh, a non-believer, so there's only that kind of one perspective. They maybe don't have the, a yeah. biblical perspective. And I know one of the yeah. things that's like easy for me 
is, uh, and we've talked about this, I think I might have even mentioned it on the last episode, was we were doing these podcasts and then some things came up in my life that uh, kind of took away from us being able to get together because the focus became on other things. And it, it's something like this, you know, on one hand, you know, we live for Christ, but then on the other hand, we find it easy to give to give into like the sin and to give into our willful choices and to give into the flesh. And we find ourselves kind of living this dual life, so to speak, which we know we can't do. But it's easy to get caught up in because, you know, the things of this world, the pleasures of this world, our work, our jobs, you know, people, friendships, relationships, you know, can really take over. And because we're in that whim and in those instant gratification feelings and so forth, we want to make yeah. decisions for the now. But yet our Christian life, you know, we still kind of have that kind of off in the distance, like, okay, I still believe and I still want to get there and I still want to do heaven. But some of these things, you know, my friend is more important. My job is more important than, you know, maybe going to church or maybe going to Bible study or reading the Bible. And so we get caught up kind of like in this double minded life where I want to believe, but yet I also want to live in this world and be a part of this world. And we just can't do that. And that might be something that lets us know that, hey, we might be headed for trouble. Well, you know, son, it's very interesting that you would um, point to that particular indicator and that particular issue that we all face, you know, namely our feelings, our desires. Sometimes we get pulled in this or that direction, because right there in the text in Genesis, um, somehow the Lord had let Cain and Abel know that, you know, uh, Abel found favor with him and Cain didn't. And what was so interesting is the very next passage says, so Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And so Cain, because he was in the flesh, as, as we say, he was not in the flow of the Holy Spirit. He was, he, he was not um, in the flow of God's direction. He was trying to earn his way in. Um, and, and he somehow he felt justified in getting angry at the Lord because the Lord did not accept his, his, his offering. Now imagine that, you know. Um, you've really got to be a ways away from the Lord to somehow get angry at God simply because uh, he is not approving of something you're doing or you're believing. But that's where man goes, isn't it? And that's where Cain went. And so he was allowing his whims, his feelings uh, to, to push him there. And, and then I'll tell you what, Son, not only uh, should that have been an indicator to him that this is not going well, uh, you know, ju- just like it needs to be with us when we, we start to get pulled in to a particular mood, you know, that we all can, can have at times. Um, uh, you know, Oswald Chambers says, um, you know, that we have to battle through our moods. And, and that is so true, isn't it? Because we are both physical, uh, spiritual, we're emotional, and moods are so um, powerful many times. Um, they seem to be so connected with spiritual dynamics around us. Uh, I know there's a saying, it says, don't bow to your feelings, make your feelings bow to your God, or, you know, to the Lord. Um, but that's easier said than done. So battling through moods is, is a very, very challenging thing, but an indicator sign that we're flying too low is when we start to get pulled into one of those, uh, that, 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 that bad flow that Cain was in, where he was very angry, his face was downcast, and notice what happened then. God's going to give him an even... Uh, uh, just a big indicator here, when the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, and here's an interesting uh, picture, sin is crouching at your door, it desires to have you, but you must master it. Um, a very, very interesting event um, early on in, in the history of God's people here, where 
um, where, 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 first of all, uh, Cain ignored the fact that he was not operating by faith. Um, now he's going to start to get pulled into his emotional mood, moodiness, anger that he's in. Now the Lord's going to bring him this, this huge, indi- uh, this huge uh, message through his word. Now, of course, they didn't have the Bible yet, but they had God speaking to them directly. So that was the Word of God directly being said, spoken to them. Today, son, we have the Bible, we have God's Word. And when a person ignores the Word of God, that's very clear on this issue or that issue or whatever it is, and we've all, I'm sure, done that at times. Um, but, but when we do that, we are, we're missing a huge indicator that we're flying too low, and here the Lord was giving Cain every opportunity. You know, Cain, it's like, I know you're angry. Okay, I get it. But you know what? That's going to go no place good. You know, it's kind of like the verse in the New Testament says, in your anger, do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. So that's another way, uh, really, there's someone of, of the New Testament saying what the Lord here is saying to Cain, and that is, Cain, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. And there might be somebody listening to this right now, son, who says, you know what, I can kind of relate to that. Because there's a temptation in my life, or there's a stronghold, or there's a pet sin, or there's something. My biggest struggle in my, in my Christian life, okay? Um, and I know it's crouching at my door. I know it desires to have me. There have been times I've even opened up the door, and I've been devoured by that thing. Um, but but I, I believe God is wanting me to do what, what the Lord told Cain, but you must master it. And, of course, it's only the grace of God that, that not only forgives us, you know, son, but also then gives us the power, the victory to say no uh, to those things that otherwise we would just be completely dominated by. And, and so, uh, yes, you, you mentioned whims and feelings, I believe, and that's exactly what Cain was experiencing, but he, he ignored the indicators that he was flying too low, and he just kept flying because he was bound and determined, it seems, to crash into that mountain. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, the tragedy of Kobe and his daughter and those seven and that pilot, um, that's the last thing they would have wanted, or the air traffic controllers. It, it was such a, a, a sad uh, tragedy. Kane's situation, he should have known better. He could have known better, but he chose not to because he was so enamored with his, his own perspective, his own sin, and, and he just didn't even listen to his creator who was trying to warn him. It's like, you are headed for destruction, dude. You don't get this. But he, he just wouldn't, he wouldn't um, listen to the Lord, and he would not submit himself to what God was saying to him. I think that's the thing that a lot of people can relate to is we've got things, if we're honest with ourselves, we've got things in our lives that devour us a lot. I know I've had, you know, last six months have been a lot of things devouring me. And so um, the point is not to dwell on the fact that we are being devoured. I think we need to stay positive and know that as long as we have breath, we can still have salvation and forgiveness. And that's what we need to focus on, not the beaten up. Oh, I got beat. You know, there's a lot of people kind of, you know, uh, feeling bad today because the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. But what they don't realize is there could be next year. You know, they had a great season, but there could be a next year. For us, if we're being beaten up by life, as long as we have breath, there's the next moment, which could be victory in Jesus, and that's what we have to focus on. Not focus on getting beat up, because I do that. Yeah, That's that's beautiful, Son. And, yeah, that's a very hopeful, biblical, Christ-centered, grace-filled perspective to have, that, that even if, you know, I'm just coming out of a, of a defeat or something where, um, you know, sin did seem to master me um, as, as it did here to Cain, um, that, hey, 
as long as we have breath, we can repent, we can turn to the Lord. And, and um, these indicators are coming from God to warn us because He does love us. He loves us whether we have given in to sin or not. His love is unconditional. But He also knows that with sin, and especially deliberate sin, um, the consequences are, you know, are so difficult for us that the, there, there are things here that the Lord's trying to spare us from. Um, you know, there are some trials that the Lord allows us to go through, as He did with Job, even though we're walking in, in a righteous way. Um, but then there are those things in life that sometimes we, we bring on ourselves because of just, you know, sinful choices. And this is where Cain went, because even with the, uh, the indicators that he was getting from God, even though the Lord said, sin is crouching at your door, desires to have you, but you must master it, we're told Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field, and while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. So, so rather than recognizing his, his, own, um, his own heart, the condition of his heart, and God's warning, um, he hardened his heart, uh, he, he committed what we would call today, uh, you know, premeditated murder. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, sometimes in, in uh, murder cases, you know, um, people might be charged with first-degree murder, second-degree murder, or even manslaughter. Well, there's no question here that Cain uh, intended to do it. It was deliberate. Uh, it doesn't mean that he was, you know, beyond hope or beyond help after that, but obviously uh, it was a very, very... Uh, bad decision that he made when he attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And, and rather than, you know, listening and watching God's indicators, Cain, you're flying too low, he charged ahead. And, and, and he was being driven by anger, by his emotion, by his feelings, by his just everything that, that we all saw that we all um, face to one degree or another, because we all have emotions. We all at times get angry or get this feeling or that feeling. And, and um, but again, God loves us enough to put warning signs out there. You know, it's easy for us now to look at this and read this whole, you know, pain. You should have seen this or should have seen that. But you know what? I tell you, Sonny, and I think you were kind of alluding to this. Um, I mean, who among us hasn't been in a situation where we're, we're when we're in the middle of that fog, you know, and, and maybe God's trying to get our attention the way those air traffic controllers were, were trying to get a hold of the pilot there that was flying Kobe Bryant and his daughter. You know, sometimes God's trying to get our attention. You know, he'll, he'll have somebody call us, or he'll have somebody, um, you know, encounter us uh, in a situation, a store somewhere, wherever it might be, and he'll try to get us a message, uh, mainly through his word, many times through his people. And, and if we're not careful, we get so caught up in our own agenda, and if it's a sinful agenda, and, and we're, 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 in the, we're in the flow of that thing, Son, uh, I mean, there is such a flow all the time going on around us. You know, as Christians, it's very critical that we're in the know, uh, because without the truth, we're not going to have God's salvation or power. But it's equally important that we walk in the flow, uh, that we walk by the Spirit. Uh, because you mentioned earlier, Son, and, and one thing we can touch on yet today is what happens when we go against our conscience, um, and when we go against God's Word. Because when we as Christians do that, Son, we get out of the flow in a hurry. Doesn't mean God doesn't love us, but when we're not in the flow of spirit-filled living, um, we're getting back into that flow of, of sinful, uh, you know, walking in sin. And you know, there's nobody more miserable on earth, son, than the than the person who's a Christian. 
but who is um, not living in the flow by his or her own deliberate, repeated choices over and over again. There's nobody more miserable than that, because you cannot live in both worlds. I mean, unbelievers who are just living, let's say, for sin, okay, uh, whoever that might apply to, they're going to be much happier than the believer who's headed to heaven, but who's in a period of life where he or she is just willfully getting into the flesh. And this is what Satan wants, of course. Uh, we have the target on our backs as believers. Uh, if he can't get our souls on, he at least wants to make us as miserable as he can by trying to tempt us. And if we'll cooperate in his mind, you know, Satan's mind, if we'll cooperate with him um, and, and listen to some of those things, um, then uh, in, in, those, in that way he succeeds. In, in a very small way. Uh, you know, he, he can't rob our soul from us. He can't come and, and get inside of us. You know, the Lord's inside of us. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. But if he gets into our thinking, if he gets into um, our perspective, it, 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 he'll seek to fill our moods with his presence. He'll seek to fill his, uh, our, our, um, our, the atmosphere around us with his presence. And, and so it's so important, isn't it, that we're not only in no but we're in the flow, and those two go together uh, in a very powerful way in, in this the thing we call uh, Christianity, this life of discipleship. Yeah, see, I've been there, I think, the last six, seven months, uh, what you just described about that dual life, and it is. I could attest to that. It's, it sucks, yeah. and um, yeah. it's not a yeah. good place to be. And one of the things yeah. that kind of uh, made me kind of realize kind of where I was at was uh, during the holidays, Christmas time, I'm driving with my mom, and she's like, hey, how come you don't do those interviews anymore with the pastor guy from Nebraska? And I'm like, um, yeah, I, I didn't even really give an excuse because uh, there were some things. You know, we've had some summer travel and technical difficulties that we've been trying to work on and things. But, uh, sure. but I started thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I wonder if because – and I don't know – you know, who listens. I know my mom listens. She likes to spread this, uh, you know, podcast to other people. I know other people listen. I know I run it on an, on an internet website that I have. And so I do know some people listen, they download it, but you know, outside of that, who knows who listens. And, and I started thinking, well, maybe, maybe one of the things that, or one of the reasons why Satan attacks so much, and I know he does is because maybe something as simple as us, just me and you talking on a regular basis, maybe somebody's hearing it and he's right. like, I'm not want any part of this. And so he's, you know, attacked me with some, some, you know, heavy stuff that's kind of taken my mind off of, you know, what I should be doing. Like I'm flying way too low and, you know, maybe even parts of my, uh, you know, flight, my, you know, my, me is clipping some of these low, you know, these hills that I'm running into. I'm tripping over. I'm like hurdles, yeah. you know, like a guy trying to do hurdles down the track and he's tripping over each hurdle, hurdle, hurdle. You're still kind of moving forward, but you're falling yeah. down, you're falling down, you're falling down. And I think that was the thing that kind of triggered me was my mom asking me just about us doing these conversations. And it was like, wow, I guess maybe that is a possible reason as to why things haven't worked out because Satan uses these other things to kind of just get our minds and take us off track and throw as many hurdles as you can in front of us. But we do you have, know, son, yeah. that, that is, Go ahead. that is so powerful. And, and, and it, it illustrates so many of these things we're talking about today. You know, one of them being that God will speak to us through a, a loved one, a family member, a friend. Um, he will help us to get back on track. You know, your ministry, your podcast, as you're reaching people for Christ, we know that, that the enemy hates that. He hates to see people hear the truth. And so, um, We've all been there. All of us, who like you, who uh, have been involved in any kind of ministry for the Lord, um, if we go through a season or a day or an hour where uh, we're just not in the flow, it, it's just so easy to lose that uh, 
that zeal for it. And uh, so, no, I think you're, you're hitting it right on the head. Well, we do have two powerful, I guess, resources that we can utilize. You know, we talk about, and if people might know this, is the, you know, you've got the um, the armor of God. And so we've got two, yeah. two pretty much main things that we can rely on when we feel like we're flying too low and we're getting into trouble. One is the Bible, and two is prayer. And I know one of the Amen. things that um, you, I believe, wrote at one time was an article, Drink Until You're Thirsty. Yes. And there's a, a Newsboys song, LG, and there's lyrics in there that says, the water is free, the well is deep. And oh, I always yeah. remembered that because, you know, that's what it is. It's like we think of this, you know, free water, this, you know, the, the drink until you're thirsty. But when you think we're thirsty, so we need to drink. So we come to the well of life and we can drink and drink and drink and it's free and it's endless. And so in this case, though, the point of drink until you're thirsty is what then? Well, okay, the, the point the point there, son, would be this, and it's it's um, the opposite of how it works with our bodies. So, um, you know, if you've been out jogging or you're outside and it's a hot, a hot day and, and you're thirsty, you just haven't had, you know, um, much, uh, much to drink, much water, and so, you know, you're going to drink until your thirst is quenched, and then that's going to get you down the road a ways before you need more to drink. Um, now, with our soul... Um, when, when we find that we're we're in kind of a dry period of, of our uh, spiritual life, some day, some week, some season, whatever it is, um, to drink until you're thirsty would be to start calling on the Lord, even in that dryness, even though you're not in the flow, and you're really, you know, you, you don't feel like praying. You know, you, you were kind of talking about how, you know, when you weren't necessarily doing the podcast, you just weren't really being led in that direction. You weren't really in the flow of that, and 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 as compared to when you know you'd be very energized to do that. So to to drink until you're thirsty would be you know if I'm not really jazzed today about living for the Lord. If I'm not really you know what, you know what we might call fired up uh, for the Lord uh, today, or, or just eager to uh, to spend more time with Him or doing His will, um, start praying um, and asking God, asking the Holy Spirit. Uh, to to bring back that thirst, and so so drink until you become thirsty again. And, and because the, the beautiful thing about spiritual thirst is that while you know while there is a sense in which obviously we 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 feel quenched by the Holy Spirit, there's also this beautiful sense in that you always want more, you never have enough. Not in the sense that you 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 feel like you're lacking, but you just know that as great as it is. Um, there's even more of a fullness uh, if you, as you just continue in that flow. And so some people have equated it to, like, you know, riding a wave. You know, so, so if you think about a surfer, you know, going out to the beach and, and uh, you know, trying to create a wave. Well, you know, we know that's impossible. But, but if the surfer knows what beach to go to and, and uh, what waves to ride, um, it's a whole lot better if you can find the wave and ride it, and of course the Holy Spirit is the provider of the waves within us. Um, he is the living water. He is the, the third person of the Trinity. I always think about one of the last verses in the Bible, in uh, Revelation twenty two seventeen. It says, whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And, and so when you receive Jesus as your Savior, um, not only are your sins forgiven, not only are you given the free gift of eternal life in paradise, 
but you are also uh, now um, uh, indwelt. Uh, that means the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. Your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and now the rest of your life on earth is going to be, um, you know, learning what things to say no to with your thoughts, with your behavior, with your speech. And, and, and it's that way with all of us, okay? Um, you know, uh, the grace of God, we're told in Scripture, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And, and the way this thing seems to work, Son, is if we'll just say no, if we'll just not bite the apple uh, many times, of whatever that temptation might be, uh, maybe it's holding a grudge against somebody. Maybe it's just giving into a, uh, you know, a, a pity party, you know, woe is me. Maybe it's, um, you know, being jealous of someone else. You know, fill in the blank. We could list dozens of sins, but um, any one of these is capable of disrupting the flow. So what is, what, what, what's the effect of that? Well, the effect of that is that our, our, our spiritual fervor goes down. Um, I mean, all sorts of things. Uh, come in there then when we're not in the flow. Um, we have little or if no or no desire for prayer. So again, drink until you're thirsty. Well, I'm not thirsty at all. Well, start drinking. You know, God can bring that thirst back again. He can bring that hunger. I wrote another article called Eat Until You're Hungry. It's the same principle, you know, with the Word of God. Uh, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the, the, the spiritual life, um, you know, for Christians, it's a very fluid experience. And, and it, it's very, there's a real ebb and flow to it. And, and there'll be periods where uh, you're not going to feel in the flow. And, and the real interesting thing, Son, is even there, there have been many men and women of God who the Lord has allowed to go through some real dark seasons for various reasons, you know. Uh, not, 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 well, because, you know, something they've done and now God's not pleased with them, but just you know, because that is something God has allowed to happen. And and so even with everything I'm saying about, you know, getting in the flow and, and God wants us to have zeal and fervor and all of this, the bottom line, Son, is this. Um, sometimes God is still going to allow us to go through some very dark periods um, as a way of really, I think, seeing, can my child and will my child trust me even when the feelings aren't there? even when the buzz isn't there, you know, because the Christian life is not always going to have the buzz. I mean, the buzz is great when it's there. And, and uh, by the buzz, I just simply mean, um, you know, it's just like, man, I, I'm so motivated today to, you know, to do God's will and be in His Word and be in prayer. But but we're, we're still in these bodies, aren't we, son? And there's a whole host of things that can get in the way of that. And, and sometimes... Um, we don't. We, we, we're not going to understand where where that uh, where some of those feelings are coming from. I mean, many Christians who have battled depression, let's say, um, it, it doesn't mean that they've done something wrong, or, or well, you know, they're bad Christians, so they wouldn't be depressed. We we don't understand many times the moods that we have. We don't understand them, and and getting a handle on it is a real challenge. But but sometimes I think, son, the greatest test of faith is can I trust God even when I'm not feeling it. Will I obey God even when I'm not feeling it? Because those, of course, are the biggest temptations for then giving in to sin when maybe we're physically tired or physically distraught or whatever. So, um, boy, anybody who, um, you know, thinks it's easy to live the Christian life, they've not done it. Anybody who thinks they're, they're, they're doing a pretty good job at it, well, give yourself some time and you'll see, you know, you'll, some days will be better than others. But, I mean, people who, um, you know, maybe make fun of Christianity or Christians, 
um, one of the things they're revealing is that they've never tried it. Because if they had, they would not be making fun of somebody because it is a whole lot tougher once you're in it, okay? Once you're in it and once God is in you, this is when the, the real journey begins and, and um, you know, we're all imperfect. We've all dropped the ball. You know, many times we've not watched for the indicators many times, and uh, we have flown way too low. But, Son, the reason you're doing this podcast, and I thank the Lord for it, is because you, for yourself and you want your, your listeners, you want to help us fly high. And that's what, you know, Christians do, missionaries, pastors, um, you know, Christian uh, teachers, doctors, factory workers, you know, uh, uh, you know whoever, wherever, wherever people work in the home, in the workplace, you know, this is our job to try to help encourage one another in the faith. You know, you mentioned people that don't try God or haven't tried Christianity. I find it fascinating to, to listen to people that will try anything and everything else but God. You know, they're, they're one, one moment, they're into yoga, and they're yeah. into, uh, you know, whatever. Then they're into Buddha, then they're into eating this, and then they're into, you know, that. And they got all these kind of whims and feelings of these things that they're into that they think are going to make their lives better. And they're searching. They're looking for that thing that's going to fill that life, that's going to fill that void. And yet they don't want to try God. And so then you ask them, hey, why don't you try God? And for some reason, they will try everything else, no matter how loony it is, sit in a tent with you know, a campfire and sweat it out, uh, you know, go chant at the park, banging on a drum, whatever it is, they'll try anything. And yet they, when, when it comes to, hey, try this. It's like, no, I can't do that. Why? Because it's just, what, are you nuts? Am I nuts? How am I nuts? You're the one banging drums in the park thinking it's going to be you know, fulfilling, and yet I'm trying to give you something to try. Yeah. Just try it for like a, a month, and then maybe if you don't like it, go back to banging your drums, whatever the case may be, not to knock people that bang drums in the, in the park. But, right. but it's like, why don't you want to try something when you're unfulfilled in everything else? Try it. You know, Son, well, one thing I think of, and I appreciate your uh, – you're observing uh, that that very uh, true uh, uh, perspective and, and what happens in life. I, I think it's very similar to, like, why do many people, when maybe they um, have something really bad ha- happen, or maybe they, you know, accidentally hit their finger with a hammer or, or, or uh, stub their foot in the door or get cut off in traffic or something happens at work, you know, of all the deities that have been named, you know, throughout the ages, different gods that people have worshipped. Why is it always Jesus' name? Why is it always God's name that gets used as a curse word? And it's interesting, you know, you know people don't say, you know, uh, Buddha, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't use uh, the names of, of other uh, prophets. Uh, they, they use Jesus' name. And to me, what that points to, Son, is, is the same reason why I think, you know, people will try anything but Jesus. This is a very narrow road. Only the Holy Spirit can get you through that door. You know, Jesus said, I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. This is why it's so critical, son, that when people are hearing the gospel, they not dismiss it. They not chalk it up to, oh, that's just another one of those religious fanatics, okay? There is one door in the spiritual realm, okay? So, so if you, like, we're a picture, uh, like, above us, son, like, wherever we walk, above our head, there's, like, this, this spiritual realm, Okay, um, and there are many different doors up there. You mentioned, you know, yoga and this and that. There are all sorts of doors that people choose to open. But but picture walking along in life, son, and, and, and you see a door right here, a door right here, a door right there, okay? But there is one door, according to Scripture, 
that, that God is interested in having us go through because it brings forgiveness, it brings a relationship with God, it brings eternal life in heaven. There is a door, and Jesus said, I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Son, this is why people use Jesus' name as a curse word and not other prophets. This is why people will try anything but Christ many times. It's not that they're worse sinners than you and I. It, it, this is a very, very narrow door. This is a very narrow way. There was one door onto Noah's Ark. Um, there weren't many doors. And that represented Jesus, who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so if somebody is listening to this today's song, and perhaps they tried, you know, these different spiritual doors, you'll hear that. You'll hear people say, you know, I, I went on this spiritual journey, and I tried every, you know, every religion I could. And, and, and when we hear that, we say, wow, I mean, they really want to find the truth, it would seem. Well, um, there is truth. There is absolute truth. There is a, a king who will be king forever. But you're going to have all sorts of doors. Um, you're going to have all sorts of opportunities. Um, and, and on top of that, son, uh, we live in a day where a lot of the doors that are above people, they're not just dealing with religions. There's a lot of, there, there are a lot of practices that are going to involve your body that if you'll go through one of those doors, um, it is going to get you so entangled in something that is, it, it's going to like pull you away from even having any interest in, in Jesus, the one door. So, I mean, I'll tell you, son, it is very, very difficult. Um, it seems for people to to be saved. Um, only the Holy Spirit could have saved uh, you, son, or me, or any one of us. Uh, but praise God that the Lord is still trying to save people. And there are so many, many doors out there. So many religions. And until you come to Christ, until you repent of your sin, you will not go through that door. But once you cross over. Um, then the Bible says you've been seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, um, and your soul now is uh, is secure with the Lord. You are now forgiven uh, by by His death. His blood forgives your sins, but you've got to go through the right door. And until you do, my friend, you will not have um, peace with God in this life or the next life. And that's why it's so critical that you do it today, that you accept Christ uh, as your Savior today, that you right now, wherever you're at, just say, Jesus, forgive me. I believe you are the door. I believe you are the way. You know, uh, I, I, I haven't always, you know, followed the indicators that I'm flying too low. But, Lord, for some reason, you got me listening to this podcast that you've allowed Son to start doing again. And, and it would seem that maybe there were some uh, forces at work that were maybe trying to keep him from doing that. But, Lord, you opened it up, and here I am today, and I'm listening to this. I'm listening to this guy from Nebraska. I'm listening to this guy in California. But most importantly, Lord, I seem to be hearing you today. And my friend, if you'll just accept Jesus today as your Savior, you will know why, why um, God has been reaching out to you and, and the great plan he has for your future, uh, for your eternity with him in heaven. I remember one time uh, I was listening, uh, I was someplace, and a guy got upset, and he threw down Jesus H. Christ on a popsicle stick. And I asked him, I said, hey, uh, so what's Jesus' middle name? He's like, what? I'm like, H, middle name. And he looked at me like befuddled. And I guess he didn't get the joke, so to speak, you know, what's his middle name, H. But it's, but he just kind of threw it out there, not even thinking about, you know, what he was saying or what he was, you know, doing. He just, like you said, just kind of threw it out there. And I think that, to me, it reminded me that not only just in, you know, swearing or whatever, but things we do in life, sometimes we don't even think about the consequences or the impact it might have on somebody else, let alone our, our own selves. 
but the impact yeah. it might have on somebody else or the impact that it might, the influence it might have on somebody else. And I think that's one thing that, you know, we need to kind of keep in mind as we move forward in life, as we're kind of trying to, you know, check these indicators that are letting us know, you know, the red lights that are beeping. I just recently yeah. had to get my, you know, tires filled. And I, I think I yeah. had like for three, three weeks, the low tire pressure because the cold weather out mm. here was, was taking away the, uh, the air. But I was ignoring them because I'm like, ah, what's a couple pounds square per square inch going to matter on my tires? But it was warning sign telling me that, hey, your yeah. tires aren't proper and there could be some problems. I chose to ignore them. But um, but we do. We get these indicators and we choose to ignore them, not realizing that, hey, if someone else gets in the car with me and the tire pops or whatever, it's going to affect right. their life. Or instead of, you know, not only am I the one that could be in a crash, but other people around me, someone I hit when the tire blows or someone, you know, whatever the case may be. And so we need to take care of those indicator lights and we need to make sure that we're, uh, when we do see them, we address those issues because chances are that something bad could happen if we do ignore them. Well, I tell you, Son, that kind of leads to um, one other issue that I think would be very relevant to this topic today. And, and that is when the warning light of a person's conscience is trying to get their attention. You know, God has created all of us with a conscience, and, and that conscience is intended to help us um, kind of pull back when we're starting to do something that would be, would be wrong. It'd be, it'd be hurtful, harmful to someone else. Um, you know, it, it would be uh, harmful to our spiritual life. And, and I, I think about the passage in Romans, uh, Romans 2.15, where it says, they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences are uh, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. And what's interesting, Son, is this, is when a person starts to go um, off the rails, or they start to fly too low, and they're in danger of crashing into that mountain, the way uh, the helicopter did in that tragic crash, they're, they're in danger of crashing and burning, okay? God's given us a conscience to bear witness uh, against maybe something that we're doing. Um, and it says, uh, not only is the conscience bearing witness, but their thoughts now accusing. So in that sense, Son, our own conscience is like a prosecuting attorney that God has put within the soul of every human being. And when you're a child, you know, um, you're going to start to experience some of that. When you get, as you get older, you're going to experience that. Um, how could a 15-year-old stand up uh, and say, well, you know, yeah, I shot and killed that person, and you can tell by the way they're talking about it, they don't even care. They, they don't have a conscience. How can, how can that be? Well, when you go against your conscience, you know, if you're not raised uh, to, um, to, to walk with the Lord, if you're not raised to listen to your conscience and, and, and to, to do the right thing, and you just go against it, you start to sear your conscience, and, and what actually happens, Son, then, is that, as it says in this verse, their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. When you sear your conscience, it goes from being a prosecuting attorney in your soul to becoming your defense attorney. And, 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 and it starts to say, oh, no, you're okay. You know, um, hey, it's always somebody else who's wrong. It's not you. You know, what you did, it was justified. You know, yeah, maybe you did this. I mean, I'm sure Cain, when he killed Abel, you know, um, hey, you know, I was justified to do that. So he seared his conscience. So an indicator sign that you and I are flying too low is when we go against our conscience. And, and, a, and an even bigger indicator is, is when we continue to go against our conscience and, and to the point where we sear it, and now it's actually defending us. But, but I should add one more point about the conscience, and that is 
Our conscience found is not infallible, and it's not on par with the Word of God. I mean, nobody's going to be able to stand before God one day and say, well, you know, Lord, I, I may not have believed in Jesus, but I really rarely have ever went against my conscience, okay? Well, our conscience is fallible. And our, and our conscience alone will not be enough to connect us to the gospel, to that door I talked about, okay? The conscience can just help us for making so many um, mistakes that we just get pulled further and further away from even, you know, seeing the door. I'll give you an example of that. Um, somebody listening today, maybe you've been in the habit of, of, of when, when something really wild happens, you say, oh my, and then you say God's name rather than gosh, okay? So, so maybe you don't ever um, take the Lord's name in vain uh, in another way, but maybe you're, you're, you're using his name that way. Try this. Try never speaking God's name unless it's in a, in a holy way, unless you're, unless you're speaking of God in a holy way. Try to never say, oh my, and then say God after that. Um, uh, not, not to mention, of course, never taking the Lord's name in vain, never saying other words or Jesus' name in vain. You say, well, wow, you know, uh, is, is Dan, is that going to, like, um, you know, make me a Christian? Well, no, it won't make you a Christian. But here's what it would do, my friend. Um, it, will, it will just be one less thing that is going to be putting a, a, a roadblock between you and the Holy Spirit trying to get the gospel to you. Because the more of God's just commands that you know, and, and, and that you're, you're being attentive to, um, the more that you're starting to show God, you know, hey, I do want to live a righteous life. I don't understand how this thing works, Lord, but if taking your name in vain, as is one of the commandments, um, if that's offensive to you, then I don't want it in my life. I don't want to listen to it on TV. You know, if they start using your name in vain, Lord, I'm going to turn the channel. Because, because if it offends you, it's going to offend me. Now, now that's just a waste on that a person can start to listen to their conscience and say, you know what? Um, I only want to do those things that God wants me to do because I want to walk on that straight and narrow path. I don't want to go against my conscience. I don't want to offend God. I, I, you know, I don't want to offend other people, but, you know, uh, it's one thing if the gospel offends someone. It's another thing if you do. So we have to be careful that we don't unnecessarily offend people, um, certainly, and, and that, we can be, that we are as tactful as possible and always gracious. Um, but when people are offended by the gospel, by the message that there's one door, and Jesus is the door, well then, you know, that's between them and God, and it's our job to keep announcing that in love, and um, some will repent and believe, others will, um, their life will end, some very abruptly, and they're going to stand before God and realize, why didn't I accept Christ, you know? And, and so it's not too late. It's not too late to do that today. And so, Son, thank you for what you're doing uh, to put it out, you know, uh, in this podcast, and, and to just use the, the wonderful gifts God's given you to spread the message of salvation here in a world with hundreds of doors, but only one Savior. Dan Delzell, my guest, joining us. And uh, Dan, as we begin to wrap up, I, I guess one of the things that we need to kind of remember, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast, is we like to live in the now, kind of that instant gratification. We post something on Instagram and we want to get as many likes in the now. Uh, we're going to make base our feelings on these whims. And, uh, and how we feel today, kind of like a jellyfish bobbing in the ocean and just letting the waves or the tides take us to and fro. But, right. um, but what we got to remember is that we're not living in a moment that is going to be forever. We're living in a moment that is just a moment in time. And when we think of all eternity, 
Yeah. We're really kind of just living in a, in a really brief time. And so we need to really kind of start to look at our lives as how are we going to be in eternity as opposed yeah. to how we are going to be on this earth. And I think as we kind of wrap it up here, can you just kind of just describe what it might be like for us here on earth to try to live our life as we are in eternity and try to uh, maybe yeah. compare how we can make a life here on earth be more like a life that we want in eternity? Well, I tell you, Son, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of misconceptions uh, that people have about heaven. Uh, I think uh, people have been uh, given this idea sometimes maybe from a Hollywood movie that it's just like this big, you know, kind of a, a empty place. It's just all white, maybe it's the clouds and, you know, very boring. Well, there'll be nothing more beautiful, creative, colorful, uh, every adjective you could give it, um, descriptor, beautiful descriptor, than heaven and paradise. So, you know, when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I think of that, Son, related to your question here, how, how do we walk in eternity? How do we live in eternity? You know, D.L. Moody said we're leaky vessels, and we need to be filled up every day. It goes back to the flow, Son. It goes back to the flow, because in heaven, see, we won't have a sinful nature in heaven. We won't ever be depressed in heaven. We won't ever be uh, tempted. Uh, we won't ever go uh, off in, in, a, in a wrong direction. You know, um, Adam and Eve, they had a garden where there were, uh, you know, there was a tree that was off limits. Um, you know, when we get to heaven, um, we're not going to have uh, temptation. We're not going to have Satan there. We're not going to have our moods or our feelings. And so how can we help to bring that here, Son? Well, by walking as close to the Lord as possible. You know, Corey Tenboom, the concentration camp survivor, had this great saying, um, you know, just about, you know, how to walk through life with Jesus in the most peaceful way. And, and, and she said, look without, meaning like out, out around you, look without um, and, and be distressed, you know, by all that you see going on in the world. And then, and then she said, look within, and just keep looking inside yourself, you know, look within and be depressed, you know, because, you know, you're going to find stuff there that you don't like, or you're going to have different things that are going to drag you down, if you're always searching your own heart for this or that, or maybe trying to be more perfect all the time and never measuring up or whatever it might be. Um, so look without and be distressed, look within and be depressed, look at Jesus and be at rest. So, son... The more we can fix our eyes on Christ um, by, by praying to Him, thinking about Him, meditating on God's Word, this is how we bring eternity into our existence today. Because here's the deal, Son. Um, we're already living in eternity, okay? Um, the only reason, you know, we, we, we don't tend to think that way is because we have this day and night cycle every 24 hours, light and darkness, um, and because we get older, because we age. If we were to take away the, the, the night and the day and that rotation, um, and if we were to take away the aging, we would start to understand, you know, I'm already in eternity. Uh, I'm already an immortal soul. Um, I, I just happen to be here in this life right now on this planet. Um, this life is like one grain of sand. Eternity is like all of the sand in all of the world. And I'll tell you something, it does blow my mind when I think about the fact that the way God's designed this, and set this up, is that he gives people an opportunity during this one grain of sand, in terms of the length of time here, and some, as we see with Kobe, tragically, you know, half as long as, as we might assume we're going to get. I mean, I'm sure Kobe thought he might have 80 years, you know, um, but this one grain of sand, be it 40 years, 70 years, or whatever it is, 
um, during this one grain of sand, you're going to um, you're going to do something with Jesus that's going to affect your eternity. You're either going to accept him or reject him. You're either going to believe in him or or not. You're either going to repent of your sin and surrender your life to Christ, or you're going to keep yourself um, on the throne of your heart and not King Jesus. You're either going to do like uh, like Cain did and try to work your way in, and, and we saw where that got him off in the flesh and killing his brother and angry at God and everybody, you know, or you're going to be like Abel, who was commended as a righteous man because he walked by faith. And so today, my friend, if you'll just place your faith in Christ, if you'll trust him as your Savior, um, God will come to live within you. Uh, you'll be made a new creation in Christ. Doesn't mean it'll be perfect. Doesn't mean, you know, oh, wow, now it's like I'm in heaven, you know, um, uh, or, or, you know, like in that movie Office Space where he got, you know, he was hypnotized. Now he's kind of in that zone where he's just kind of, you know, happy all the time, you know. Um, you know, it, it doesn't quite work that way. But um, what does happen is that God comes to fill you and and um, and keep your heart and mind and soul uh, on Him and and uh, going in the right direction. And most of all, God will give you the certainty that heaven is your home. Because until you know that, my friend, you can't. You're not really prepared to live until you know where you're going to go when you die. And there's no shame in saying today, if you say, hey, I really don't know where I'm going to go when I die. There's no shame at all, my friend, in saying that. Because if you don't know, you don't know. And just just come to terms with that, uh, but then realize that God can change that for you today. In 1 John 5.13, John writes, "I, uh, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven, not because I'm a pastor or anything like that, it's because Christ died on the cross for my sins, and his blood has cleansed me and forgiven me. And that's why I know, I know that I'll be in heaven. And you can know the same thing, my friend, but only after you place your faith in Christ. So today, will you repent? Um, you, you may say, well, I'm the biggest sinner. Well, you know what? Christ died for your sin. Your sin's not too big for God to forgive. And that's how, to go to San's question, that's how you can start to bring eternity into your experience today. And your eyes are going to open up and be like, Wow, I'm already living in eternity. Um, but while I'm here, um, I want to I want to make a difference. Uh, and um, you know, there was a uh, there was a famous missionary, uh, C. T. Studd was his name. He became uh, I, I was just reading about him. In fact, I posted this on Facebook song this week. He became known. Or he, he he didn't become known as this, but as we look back on him now, he was like the Michael Jordan of cricket. Uh, in that sport, he was just known um, there for being just, uh, you know, the best in that sport. Well, make a long story short, he, he ended up becoming this famous uh, missionary, and he had a great saying. He said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And so, my friend, what are you doing with that one grain of sand today? Are you living for Christ? I mean, all the years you've already lived on earth, you're not going to get those back on earth. You've only got whatever time's left now, to live for Christ. And if you will, um, you're going to, when you get to heaven one day, um, there'll be some people, most likely, who are going to be able to come up to you and say, you know what, uh, brother, you know what, sister, um, you know why I'm here today? It's because of a podcast you did, or because of some prayers that you were praying, or it's because of something you gave to, to support this, you know, ministry, or this missionary, or it's because of this Bible study that you led, or it's, you know, when I was in jail, in fact, I just was talking to uh, a guy here um, about another guy who's willing to start teaching a Bible study in the jail here. I mean, there was a teaching I was doing for five years in, in the Sarpy County Jail here years ago, and so you now this uh, this guy that if he starts doing that, 
um, there'll be some of those guys in jail one day who'll say, you know what, uh, when you taught that Bible study in the jail, uh, I came to know Christ. So my friend, just find your find your niche, you know, for the Lord. But the first thing you got to make sure of, open that door because it's it's above you right now. It's above you right now. It, it's there. That's why you're listening to this podcast. But but if you let it slip away and you walk away from that door right now, you may never again have this opportunity. You may never sense that you're this close to heaven. You really are. Just reach out for Jesus right now in the quietness of your car, your home, your your dormitory. Right now, just reach out and say, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. Come and live within my heart. Forgive my sins. Um, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill me. So all these things that Son and Dan have talked about, Lord, I can start to experience a lot of those things. Lord, but most of all, I can know your love and your forgiveness. And my friend, he'll do it. He's doing it all over the world today. The question is, are you experiencing it or not? And if not, well, then that can change today if you will humble yourself before the Lord and uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Dan, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Where can people find you at? Well, I'll tell you, Or maybe get a hold of you um, if they have more questions. uh, The Christian Post is a place where I've I've written a lot of articles. Uh, In fact, there was just uh, just one that that posted uh, today, actually, uh, entitled The Difference Between Divine Power and Magic. The Difference Between Divine Power and Magic. And so... um, Actually, if they were to go on there, they would find, you know, thousands of articles written by a lot of different people. I mean, I've been able to write over 500 articles on different topics. On. So if a person wanted to just go to um, the Christian Post, um, you know, Dan Delzell, uh, D-E-L-Z-E-L-L. Uh, but uh, like I say, there are a lot of wonderful authors on there, a lot of great topics. And that might be the best place to direct folks on. Um, and then, of course, if anybody would like to contact me directly uh, with some questions or something maybe you've heard today, feel free to shoot me an email at uh, dandelzell at cox.net, uh, D-A-N-D-E-L-Z-E-L-L at cox, C-O-X dot net. And I'd uh, be more than happy to hear from you and then, uh, uh, you know, get back to you uh, with any of your thoughts or, or uh, questions, comments. So that, that'd probably be the best way, Son. And you can find me at uh, on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate it. We look forward to the next time. And uh, thanks for sharing all that you do. And, uh, and uh, we look forward to the next time. Thank you as well, son. I'll sure look forward to next time also. All right, and thank you for listening. We'd like to thank you for being a part of this. Uh, Do tell a friend, and until next time, God bless.